This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church.
comforted, oh God, and that they see you and those that minister to them, Father. Father.
Dials and arrows from my past I have no hope for tomorrow Felt so much pressure Yes, I thought I would crack But now there's no looking back I'm moving forward Cause I know I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Can't shoot me down Yeah, I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Gonna shoot me down, 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 down My soul is untouchable Because you've already won me My victory is not in this flesh and bone It's in the cross and I know Nobody's taking it from me I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Can't shoot me down, yeah I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Gonna shoot me down, 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 down Right, this. Oops, sorry about that. You hear me now? This uh, Pastor Norris and Cindy are out of town. It's Cindy's birthday, and uh, she's turning 25. <coughs> and you can be sure and tell her I said that. Uh, <coughs> anyway, it's her birthday, and so it's a significant one. So Pastor Norris asked her what she wanted. Their son Jason, their youngest boy. Uh, is just taking a job with Amazon in Seattle, and uh, he's out there by himself, and she said she wanted to go because he just started. He can't take time off to visit family. So for her birthday, they've gone out to uh, visit uh, Jason in Seattle, Washington, spend time with them, and I know they're out there suffering in that really beautiful weather and spot. But anyway, uh, that's why you see me. <laughs> and uh, well, anyway, I tell my wife, this is as good as it gets, baby. But uh, <laughs> she does what you do, she laughs too. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, before we get into the message, uh, and let me introduce myself, by the way, in case you didn't know, I'm Steve Vickers, and uh, this is my youngest daughter and her husband. Ben, Ben and Denise, right down here. They are here from Denver, Colorado. And uh, anyway, uh, we, uh, my wife and I started the church in our home in 1980, and now I work with our pastors of all of our campuses for Passion Church and then our other churches that we're connected with, uh, both here in America and overseas, and uh, we do that. And uh, it's a great time in my life uh, getting uh, to be able to impart to other ministers. But it's always a privilege to be able to come and to be here with you, Passion Church, right here in Montgomery. And I'll tell you what, you know, no matter, here's the thing you know about God, or I know about God, is He always saves the best for last. 
and, and I encourage all the men to have a wife sitting beside them, say, look at your wife and say, honey, it's just getting better, I'm telling you. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, we want to, uh, it's a joy to be able to be here at Passion Church. This is a great church and has been a great church. And the reason is not because of a pastor, it's because of the people. And the people in this church have always made the difference. People that were willing to do more, give more, be more, and believe for more uh, have always been the strength and the heart and the, uh, uh, what has made this church uh, capable of what it's been able to do here in uh, this city, but around the world too. I tell you, you don't understand what Passion Church has done throughout its history in touching lives. Uh, I mean, there's uh, my wife and I get contacts from people that are in different places of the world that talk about, you know, when a time they were here in the church and turned their life around. There's some of them pastoring churches and some of them uh, out, you know, doing uh, <clears throat> different things for the Lord. But it's all because of the people that are in this church, and we want to honor our leaders this morning kind of dovetails into what Pastor Norris, our uh, campus pastor, lead pastor here, has been teaching a series on discovering our gifts, the gifts that God has given us, and uh, helps us to understand what God wants us to do in our life. And this morning, we want to acknowledge some of those that are using those gifts and have been using those gifts to help in the ministry here at Passion Church. And so, as I call your name forward, if you would come down to the front, uh, uh, Pastor Walt wants to give you something, and then uh, uh, I'd like you to stay up here because I want to pray over all of you just before. And in our retention team, which is assist in preparing guest packets and follow up with guests and members, is Sheila Judge. Sheila, if you'll come down. And for security and parking lot team, now this assists the staff and volunteer teams in ensuring safety of all people during services, works with the ushers to make sure parking lot and building are safe and vehicles are secure during services, Keith Sutton. My man, Keith. And then the singles uh, team gives oversight to group for unmarried adults over 18 years of age. They meet monthly for fellowship and activities. Uh, Jabari Sullivan and uh, Jessica Cotton. Jessica's not able to be here today. <laughs> and with the women's team, they assist in planning, facilitating women's meetings and activities. Sylvia Minger and Tracy Sutton. <laughs> And then our worship and production team, that's a worship, they lead the people in worship during services through use of instruments and vocals. Uh, production assist worship team in area of sound, lighting, and projection to ensure services run smoothly. And that's uh, Andre Sumbry. There you go. <laughs> Uh, he's married to Walt's little girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
and his claim to fame is he has produced grandchildren. <laughs> that always makes a son-in-law secure. <laughs> Did you hear that, Ben? Never mind. <laughs> All right, if you would, just stretch your hand up towards them, and we want to pray right now. And if you guys would join hands down here, if you could. Uh, Father, thank you so much for these people, these willing, faithful servants, God. They give of themselves, their time, and most importantly, the gift that you've put within them. Now, God, you declared in your word that everything we sow is multiplied back to us, oh God. I thank you that you... Uh, Use them, God, that you use them to see fruit for your kingdom, fruit in this church, and fruit in the lives of those that they affect, oh God. But also in their own lives. I thank you, God, that the sacrifices and the labors they give, that you multiply it back to them in, in ways that money cannot buy. In so many ways, God, you bless their lives. You bless everything about their lives. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Now I want to say this, uh, you guys can be seated, but if you are not involved somewhere in the church, see one of these guys and tell them, listen, I'd like to get involved because I'm going to tell you what, the only way to really grow in God, you can't grow in God just by coming to church. You've got to get involved doing something in the work of God. Some way, somehow you've got to be involved, and if you do, then all of a sudden things start happening in your life in an accelerated way. Well, do me a favor. Stand up. There we go. Stretch them bones. Yeah. All right. Turn around and greet three or four people. Tell them you love them. If you don't know them, give them your first name. Hey, Keith. <clears throat> A young guy was uh, wanting the job, and he, uh, so he applied for a job as a salesman with this company. There's a store, big uh, department store, huge place. And the guy said, have you ever sold before? He said, no, but I'm really good at it. And he said, okay, I'll give you a shot. And so he started to work the next day. Well, at the end of the day, the boss uh, came by and said, well, how was your day? He said, it was very good. He said, well, how, how many sales did you make? He said, I only made one sale. And he said, one sale? He said, Everybody around here, he said, 20 or 30 is a minimum. He said, son, I thought you said you were a good salesman. And he said, well, I just sold one thing. And he said, well, what, how much was it? He said, $150,000. And he said, what? He said, $150,000. He said, what'd you sell? He said, well, I sold a little fishing hook. And he said, and what? He said, well, then, because of that, he bought a larger fishing hook. And he said, and then, what's the rest of the story? He said, and then I sold him uh, some fishing line. And he said, then I told him, you need a fishing rod. So he said, I bought, he bought a fishing rod. And he said, then I said, well, where, how are you going to go fishing? He said, 
well, I, I don't know. I'll just go stand on the side of the river. I said, I'm on the side of the river. And he said, no, you need a boat. So I sold him a boat. And he said, then I asked him, now, how are you going to tow this boat? And he said, from a Honda Civic. He said, no, 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 no. He said, let me show you. We got a truck department. And he, sold it. he said, I sold him the top of our top-of-the-line truck. And he said, you sold all that to one man? He said, yeah. He said, how in the world did you do that? He said, very simply. He said, the man came in and he said, listen, my mother-in-law's here visiting for the weekend and I thought I'd get out of the store. He said, I looked at that man and said, listen, your weekend shot. You need to go fishing. (laughs) (laughs) And all the mother-in-laws... Well, what in the world has that got to do with the church and God and his gift? Well, that young man had a gift. (laughs) You know, uh, probably the number one question in 46 years of ministry that I have been asked is this. How can I know God's will for my life? How can I really know the will of God for my life. And as I've read uh, from other ministers, historically that's always been the primary question that Christians ask. How can I know God's will for my life? How, How can I find that out? What does God want me to do? And sometimes we, you know, when a life is kind of in what we'd call normal where we're on a job and everything's going good, we think, okay, this is good. But when all of a sudden we get into a time of transition, which we all go through at times, we think, oh, how do I, what do I do? Where do I go? What am I supposed to do? If God would just tell me. How many of you have ever thought, oh, God, if you'd just come down and tell me? Anybody ever been there? Raise your hand and wave at me and make me feel good. Sure, we all have. If Jesus would just appear and say, here's what I want you to do. Well, there is an easy way that God has created for you and I to know what God wants us to do. Now, let's clarify something. You have uh, a life you live here on this earth, and we all have different uh, things about that life. Some of us work jobs. Some of us are in school. Different things. We have uh, a lot of, you know, we have different variations of that life, but we're all living this life here. But, and God is very aware of each one of us. And God has a plan for each of our lives. God never intended for us to enter this life and then just kind of try to make it through the best way we can, spend our life just trying to make some money to pay some bills before we die. God wants the dash in between two numbers on your tombstone to mean something. That that dash actually means it's significant and it means something to not just you, and not just your family, but to the world, and that it made a difference. And God has created you and I to be that, to do that, to make a difference in our world, that when we leave here, the world will know that we were here. 
We may feel insignificant in our own self and, and think, how in the world could I ever, you know, I'm not smart, I'm not pretty, I'm not this, I'm not that. I promise you, God has put something in you that if you will discover it and use it, it will make a difference in your life, but it will make a huge difference in the lives of people that you pass by in this life. Now, the easiest way you can discover God's will for your life is to find the gift that God has put within you. Now, what do we mean by a gift? Inside each and every one of us, when God created you, He put a gift, something inside you that is different from other people. It's something you were created to add, to give, to bring to this world that makes a difference for you, but it makes a difference for others. And your gift is always in perfect harmony with God's will. Whatever your gift is, the will fits. Whatever the will is, your gift fits. We could say it this way. What God has called me to do, He has gifted me to do. Now, the Bible says that each and every one of us have been called. Every one of us are called by God. Ephesians 4 says, and we each have a calling, a calling from the Lord, something He has called each and every one of us to do. And like the story in that, of that young boy, obviously a part of that young boy's calling was as a salesman. Now, let's, let's step back for just a moment. When we say calling, normally we're thinking about pastor, evangelist, missionary, something like that. But you see, God doesn't look at it that way. That is a calling. But there's also a calling to be a teacher, a calling to be a mother, a calling to be a father, a calling to be a, a, a friend, a calling to be a doctor, a calling to be a, a, a salesman. All right, see, all of those are important to God. We tend to go secular and spiritual, but I'm going to tell you what, if you belong to God, it's all spiritual. So everything we do is, is unto the Lord, the Bible says. It has a spiritual impact, a spiritual meaning about it. We could see it this way. What God has gifted me to do, God has called me to do. Won't you say that with me? What God has gifted me to do, say that. He has called me to do. So you see, really, what we need to find out is, what has God gifted me to do? Uh, you know, <clears throat> as a young pastor, I had a lady in the church, an elder, older lady, uh, probably the age I am now, but I was a young pastor, and every week, without fail, I had a little office and a little building we had, and, and my mother-in-law was a secretary. And every week, I would get a call, my mother-in-law would say, She's on the phone, and so I uh, want to talk to you. So I'd pick up the phone, and that lady would tell me without fail. She'd say, uh, Pastor, I've got uh, a, a hot one right here, and if you'll come and just lead, go ahead and pray with them, they'll get saved. I've been witnessing to them. And so uh, I'd go wherever she was, and it might be at a restaurant. It might be at a place of business. It might be out on a street corner. 
I'd go and meet them there, and sure enough, there'd be some young lady or some young man, and, and she'd be standing there talking to them, and, and when I'd walk up, she'd say, here's my pastor, he's going to lead you, he's going to lead you in salvation, you'll get saved. So I'd do it, and I mean, they were ready to jump in the boat. They were a fish that was already caught, you know, and so I'd, I'd lead them to the Lord and, and get them saved and get them in the church, and every week she'd do that, sometimes two times a week. And one day I was really busy. I had a lot going on. And my mother-in-law said, she's on the phone again. And I said, oh, goodness, this is not the right time. So I picked up the phone. And she said, I've got a hot one here. And she said, you got to come right now. He's ready to give his heart to the Lord. And I, I said this out of exasperation. I said, you're going to have to do it now. Goodbye. And hung up the phone. Well, Within, as soon as I hung up the phone, all of a sudden, you know what I felt. I felt so guilty. I got down. I said, God, forgive me. I was spoke out of frustration of all the stuff I was trying to do. And I know you think I'm perfect all the time as a pastor, you know. But, uh, and I, I said, I'm sorry. You know, and of course, uh, I, it was before cell phone, so it wasn't a cell phone, you know. And she had called me from uh, uh, some place. So anyway... I thought, boy, oh boy. Well, the next service, which happened to be a Wednesday night, we had Wednesday night service, she comes in, and she's, after service, she comes up, and she's got this young man with her, and she's smiling from ear to ear, and she said, here he is, here he is. And I said, here, who is? And she said, the one I called you about. And I said, oh, what happened? She said, well, when you told me I had to do it, she said, I just thought, okay. And she said, I just went through what I heard you do, and he gave his heart to the Lord and got saved. And you know what? She never called me again. Never called me again, but she kept bringing people to church. Because, see, she discovered the gift she had inside her and that God had called her to She was convinced she had a gift of drawing them, of witnessing, but she didn't have a gift of a pastor to win them. So she discovered that when God gifts you to do something, that means God's called you to do something. And she would, until she went to be with the Lord, uh, I mean, she continually won souls. Romans 12, 6 says this, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In His grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. Well, you know, we can, we can learn to do a lot of things. Uh, I mean, if most of you are very intelligent, you can sit down, you can, and uh, when I said most of you, I was excluding myself. Uh, you're quite intelligent, you're able to sit down and learn how to do something. You can, you know, learn how to do pretty much anything. But does that mean because you can learn it that you're gifted to do it? See, and that's what you need to understand. You need to follow that gift that's in you because the Bible says a person's gift will make room for them. It creates a place for them. It builds something in this world. See, when you are utilizing your gift rather than just what you've learned to do, now you need to, when you discover your gift, you need to hone your skills. You need to develop that gift. You need to learn everything you can about that gift. You know, I think about Jerry Rice. 
uh, one of my favorite football players, still one of the greatest receivers ever uh, in, in national football. Like Jerry came from a little bitty town in Mississippi and went to a little bitty college and such an unknown player and really was not skilled to the ability of most of the other guys, but he had a gift. And so what he did with that gift, the other guys, some of them had some really excellent natural talents. He had a gift, and his gift was a work ethic. And they said he was the hardest worker on the team. They said during the summer, the coach said one time he went back to uh, where Jerry lived when they, had the, they were off, and he said the other guys are on, on vacations, they're in Hawaii, or they're just you know, having a good time. And he said he went to visit Jerry. And he said, he went and his wife said, uh, said, oh, he's out back. And he said there was a, Jerry had a hill that he had had built. And he said, here was Jerry with concrete blocks, a rope and concrete blocks tied to the end of it. And he would run up that hill. Then he'd run back down. Then he'd run up that hill. And he, asked, he said, how long does he do that? She said, he does it all day long. What was he doing? He was taking his gift and he was making sure that it became the very best it could be. You've got a gift inside you that if you will discover it and develop it and focus on it and quit trying to be everything and do everything all else and do that, I promise you what the Bible says, it'll build a place for you. It will make a place of significance for you, not an insignificant place. And it goes on to say, and it will, it, the gift in you, will bring you before people that are able to make decisions. See, some of us, oh, if I could just get to know that person, or if I could have that door open, or if this door would open for me, if that one would just open, we want doors to open and, and opportunities. I'm telling you, the gift inside you is the door opener. The gift inside you is the opportunity creator. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Parents, grandparents, teach your children, grandchildren, help them find their gift. I'm telling you what, a degree is great. But I know a lot of people got degrees and they're looking for jobs. And they get a job at McDonald's or something. Nothing wrong with that. But you shouldn't get a job at McDonald's flipping hamburgers if you got a degree from college. But you know what? Some people are chasing money rather than chasing a dream. When money becomes your dream, you're off track. Money is the result of your discovering your gift and utilizing your gift. And you know what? You may be retired, but your gift hasn't. It may be dormant, but it's not retired. It's still there. I remember Dr. Sumrall, uh, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Lester Sumrall, who uh, was a great apostle of God, uh, did works all over the world. And he was a spiritual father in my life. And spent, uh, he would come down and visit, and we'd spend time together. And, and uh, uh, he was a tremendous 
man of God, just a tremendous man of faith. And he told me this. He, uh, he died at 81 years of age, I believe it was. He said this. He said, Steve, every day of my life, he said, I use my gift. I use my gift. He said, I'm making sure my gift is producing. And he said, I'll do it until I breathe my last breath. And he impacted this world because he knew what his, his gift was leadership. He was a powerful, strong leader, a strategic leader in the body of Christ. Now see, every one of us, you have a gift that God gave you when he created you. And you know what? Here's the thing you've got to understand. You are not gifted to do most things. Go ahead and recognize you can't do most things. Have you ever met uh, somebody that tried to be good at everything and tried to know about everything? I don't care what you were talking about. They knew it. I'm telling you, those people don't ever do much. My dad always told me this, because I had a tendency to want to try to learn everything. He said, I'll tell you what, son. He said, you can be a jack of all trades, but you'll be a master of none. And he said, you better find one that you can master, and that's when the doors will open for you. Okay, now listen. So you take that gift. You find your gift. And develop it. I had a young man <clears throat> sit in my office uh, some, oh, 15, 20 years ago, probably 20 years ago now. He was sitting in my office, and he was a teacher in the school system. And he was a good teacher. But he had a family. He'd gotten married, had a family now. And, and those of you that are teachers know it's not how you get rich. And so he started thinking, I need to make more money. Now, money is good, folks. The Bible says money answers all things. All right? So I say money talks and money walks. All right? Uh, I appreciate money, but I'm not going to love it or serve it because it's a fickle master. It's a cruel master, and it, it, it loves deceiving you. About the time you think it loves you, it's gone. And it'll get you to do things, say things, act ways, stay up night, not being able to sleep because of it. It's like an unfaithful woman or an unfaithful husband. So don't ever chase money. Don't love money. Don't go after money. Go after a passion, a dream, a desire in your heart. So this young man sitting there, and he's talking to me, and everything he was talking about was he was going to get this new job. He, was a, he had been interviewed and offered a position with a company, and he was going to take that because of the money. I looked at him, and I said, that's a big mistake. He said, why? I said, because you're not gifted for that. They were hiring him to be a salesman. And I knew he wasn't gifted to be a salesman. Now, he could teach he could teach the paint off the wall, but he couldn't sell uh, uh, a heater to an Eskimo. He couldn't sell anything. And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, that's fine for you, easy for you to say. And I said, okay. I said, I'm telling you. Well, he took the job. And the first week, it was great. But in no time at all, 
He and his boss got at odds. He and the other employees got at odds. He got, he hated that job. He would come to church and sit in church and he used to worship and everything. And I'd watch him. He had this just unhappy look. He wouldn't lift his hands at worship. It affected every area of his life. It affected his marriage that he had just gotten into. And eventually, I didn't say anything to him because, you know, uh, I don't you know, want to say, I told you so. Though I said it inside. When I'd be standing up preaching and looking at him, I was looking at him and thinking, I told you so. <laughs> but anyway, God, you know, eventually the Holy Spirit dealt with him. He quit the job, went back to teaching, and just retired not long ago from teaching. And loved it. Had a good life. Didn't make as much money, perhaps, as some of the, you know, primo salesmen with that company. But he had a good life. You know, there's something to be said about a good life, isn't there? What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul, lose your happiness, lose your marriage, lose all those things? I'd rather be able to lay my head down on my pillow at night and be happy and contented, be able to look at my wife and enjoy life and, and be where, you know, and have a good life than to be chasing a dollar bill. Chase the dream in your heart that is there by the gift God's given you. Now, here's the thing about a gift how do I know what that gift is? There'll be some passion or just something that stirs up. Now, I'll tell you what, when you find your gift, like when we're talking to young people, uh, you know, lots of times we'll be out somewhere and, you know, it doesn't matter where we are and, uh, you know, we'll start talking, strike up a conversation with a younger person. Of course, we're at the age now where most of them are younger. I used to go where everybody was, the older ones in the room. Now we're a lot where we're one of the older ones in the room, but that's good. There's, there's an alternative. And so far I'm happy with this alternative. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, Bunny. <clears throat> You're a young chick, but I know <laughs> but uh, what we will tell them, Denise and I, what we'll tell them is they'll say, we'll say, follow the dream in your heart. They'll say, well, I don't have a dream. And I'll tell them, I'll say, it's because you're not looking at your gift. I say, let me ask you this. If money was not an issue, if life was a clean slate, and I said, if God came down to you and appeared and said, what would you like to do if you could do anything what would you do if money was not the issue? If you knew whatever you did, you'd have all the money, everything taken care of. It was not an issue. And they'll say, well, I've never thought of that. And I'll say, you need to think of that. And they'll say, well, I've always loved this. I'll say, when you say love, I said, is it like work when you do it? And they said, oh, no. They said, I get to doing it and I can't really stop. Before I know it, a whole day's passed, or hours have passed. I love it. And I said, what if you got paid money for doing that? And they said, oh, that'd be great. And I said, what if you got paid a lot of money for doing that? Say, that'd be even better. And I'd say, here, let me tell you. I said, that right there, you need to start drilling down right there. I said, kind of like people that used to pan, uh, going out looking for gold in the gold rush. I said, they dig around, do it, and all of a sudden they found something. And they'd start digging there, and they'd start searching there. And I said they were looking for a vein, because if they found that vein, they had it. I said, 
what you're on to, you're panning some gold right now. I said, it's not everything, but it's showing you're on the right path. I said, start panning right there. Start digging right there. Quit digging over here and over there. Quit digging for money. Start digging for the gift. And if you do, you will discover God's plan for your life. And I usually quote to him, Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plan to do you good and not harm. Plan to give you a future and a hope and bring you to your desired end. In other words, to where you stand at the end of your days and say, man, it was good. Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. You know, they say that the most wasteful place in the world is a cemetery because of all the gifts, abilities, and talents that were given by God were never, ever opened. Never opened. Did you know that studies by psychologists have said that at least 87% of people in the U.S. that have a job don't like their job? 87% would do something else if it would just pay the bills. Well, I can tell you this, 87% went after money instead of a gift. And the other 13% found their gift. Found their gift. When you discover and begin to mine the gift that God has for you, you're in the will of God. You're in the will of God. It's just as spiritual and just as important to God for one to be a school teacher as it is for one to be a pastor. It's just as spiritual and much of a calling for one to be a farmer as another to be a missionary. You say, oh no, see we've been, we still got a kind of a hangover from that uh, clergy and laity mindset in the old church from years ago of the way it was taught. And the reason it was taught that way is that a few had a calling from God. Everybody else didn't. And so you need me. It secured my place. It made me, you have to have me. But you see, that's not real. That's not true. You're just as called as I am called. Or Pastor Norris has called. It's not the same calling, but it is a calling and we need one another. Just as you might need me or Pastor Norris to fulfill his gift, we need you to fulfill your gift. Because when you're not fulfilling your gift, there's something lacking in the body of Christ. Now let me wrap, look at this right here. It says, instead of focusing on trying to find God's will, Why don't you focus on discovering your gifting and you will find yourself in the center of God's will. Focus on discovering your gifting. See, there's nowhere in the Bible that says Chris Evans uh, do uh, antiques and landscaping. 
Nowhere. See? There's nowhere that it says specifically what we need to do, but it is in you. Just as God wrote it in the Bible, God wrote it in your heart by a gift he put in you. And if you'll follow that and not compare yourself with others and not be conformed to this world of thinking how the world thinks that money and power is what should drive and motivate us, but us finding we should be motivated by the will and the gift and will of God, by what God's put in me and believe that God has a plan for you. Well, let's wrap this up. Can you put that scripture up there, Romans 12? And let's just close this out. So then, my friends, he calls us friends. So then, my friends, because of God's what? No, say it out loud. Say it again with some emphasis. Great mercy. Great mercy. Now, let, let me say this. All right. How do I find my gift? It starts with me believing and trusting in the mercy of God because i got to realize God's merciful. And so it's not about how good I am. It's not if I finally qualified spiritually. It's not that I pray enough, read my Bible enough, uh, did I, was I nice to my husband long enough or my, daughter, my wife or whatever, you know. I've, I'm, doing, I'm being really good, therefore God has a, a plan for me. No, it's because of God's mercy. See, I find my gift, I operate in that gift, and I use that gift to fulfill God's will because of His mercy. That's my qualifier. That right there, God's mercy. That's my qualification. Somebody say, mercy qualifies me. That's right, all right. Because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves. Now, that's the second point there. How do I find my gift? How do I discover my gift? Trusting God's mercy. Know that you have it. It's there and it's in you because of God's mercy, not because you're good enough. The mer- you don't get a gift when you suddenly get good. You got a gift when you were born. When you came into this world, you came with a gift. You came, you brought something with you. Look at somebody and say, I brought something with me. Now, I'm telling you what you did. you got to believe that. Sometimes you need to get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I'm here with something. Listen, I never go to a church to say something. I come with something to say. Because of God's great mercy, I appeal to you, offer yourselves. The second thing you got to do is give yourself to God. Just give your, God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. Here I am, God. Whatever you want, I'm yours. Don't hold anything back. See, when we got our plan and we're working our plan and then there's God's will, here's what we will do. We come. Here it is, God. Here it is. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. You see? It may be 20%, 50%, maybe 99%. But this right here is the difference maker. But see, if I come and offer myself and say, I don't care. I don't care what your will is. I do not care. I know it's good. I trust in your mercy. Here I am. Do whatever you want to with me. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. God doesn't want dead sacrifices. If you feel like serving God as a 
pain in the neck and it means you're going to be sad and unhappy and, and it's all about what you can't do. You don't even know God. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God dedicated to His service. Now listen, if you want to use the gift God's got inside you, whether it's to be a movie producer or a, an author or a teacher or whatever it may be or a computer uh, designer, uh, uh, I mean an IT person, whatever it is, if you've offered yourself to God, then out of everything you do is going to be service to God. And there is no difference. You see, if, I, if my gift and passion is designing cars, then every car I design that goes out that actually gets produced, and all that, it's to the glory of God as far as I'm concerned. And the people that drive it may be driving it to rob a bank. They don't realize it. They're driving in something that I created for the glory of God. Dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship. Listen, we can stand with our hands raised singing pretty songs. And that's great. That's great. I love worship. But I know that we think that's worship. That's, a, that's just an outward form of worship. The true worship is when I find my gift and begin to use it for God. That's real worship to God. That you should offer. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world. See, that's what I was talking about. Don't conform yourself to, well, we got to go make a buck, and we need to make a whole lot of money, and we need to do this, we need to do that. No, 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 no. I don't have to do all that. What i got to do is follow the passion, follow the dream, follow that, develop it, go after it. And let me tell you what. There's phases to it. I walked in a passion in a, in, a, in, a, in a certain phase of it at one time. I'm in a different phase now. I'm in a different phase. Denise said to me the other day, she said, would you consider starting another church? Would, if you want to, I'll be with you and we'll go start a church. I said, no. She said, why not? You've lost the passion. I said, no. I got the passion. It's just directed in another way now. I said there was a time when that was the passion. Now the gift is focusing somewhere else. It's just like you've got a flashlight and you're walking down a road. You see certain things. When you walk past that place, you see something else, but the flashlight is still looking. I don't know whether that makes sense or not. Don't conform to this world. Don't live by the world. Let God transform you by your mind being renewed. Then you will be able to know what God's will is. So let's close it up. God has a plan. Say it. God has a plan for my life. And God has given me a gift. And that gift is my purpose. Shows me my purpose. All right, stand with me. Now, here's what we're going to do. And just a moment, Pastor Walter, you coming to, uh, somebody going to close it out. Pardon? That's what I was thinking. Uh, See, so I was just checking. Now, uh, listen. I, 
I'm 70 years old. And I remember Dr. Summerall telling me every day, every day. Now there was a time when he was a missionary. Then there was a time when he planted a church and he was a pastor. Then there was a time when he started radio stations at broadcast the gospel all over the world. Then there was a time, he went through different phases. I remember when he and I first met, he told me, he said, Steve, he said, I'm in the greatest phase of my ministry now, son. I said, what is it? He said, pouring into men like you. And he said, the Lord told me, this is the greatest phase of your ministry. See, that's where I'm entering now. But listen, don't quit. Don't retire. Oh, you can retire from a job, but don't retire from the gift that's in you, the purpose, the passion. Stir it back up. And you may be working a job and feel like you're on a, in a dead end, on a dead end street or you, you're locked in, you can't change. I'm going to tell you what, find what that passion is. It may be able to be expressed on that job. If it's not, I would not be afraid of following the passion. But here's how we're going to start out. We're going to do it right now together. You and I are going to go ahead and jump out of the plane right now. We are. Parachute or not. We can worry about that after we get out and get some room. You with me? Sometimes it's great to take a leap of faith and just go for it. I'm telling you what, God's big enough to catch you. All right? Let's do it. Would you put your hands up? Put them up. Say this with me. God, I believe in your mercy. I believe in it. Your mercy qualifies me. And because of that, because of your great mercy, I give myself to you. Here I am. Whatever your will is. I throw myself upon your will. Show me my gift. Stir, help me stir up the passion for what you have in me. In Jesus' name, I will cause the gift you've given me to produce fruit for your glory. Amen and amen. All right, now listen, here's, we'll give the Lord a. <laughs> All right, now listen. We prayed that, and God heard what you said. And you may think, well, I was just saying the words you were saying. Well, Jesus said, be careful what you say. Because God will hold you to it. Now listen, God heard it. And you know what? He's now going to work with you in this. Listen, I'm telling you. I'm so excited about my future. I am. I absolutely am. I'm in a transition phase right now. But man, I tell you what, I feel like the train's coming to a station and I'm about to get on another train and go to somewhere new. I'm excited about it. And I use myself as an example to help you because it doesn't matter where you are in life. God's never through. God's never through. And the gift is not old or too young 
or two, whatever. The gift is just right. And it is, you are just right for it. But here's what I want you to do. This afternoon, sometime, before you start the work week, I'm going to ask you, take a little time alone and just think. Think about what is it? What is inside me? What is it that I'd love to do? What is it? And then I'd encourage you, start journaling some thoughts, some ideas. And then pray and journal. You might want to take a walk. I like to do that sometimes. Just walk, get away from everything, and get out and just talk to God and then think. I like to talk. and th- You know, God gave you a brain to use. You don't check your brain at the church door. God wants thinkers. All right? And listen, you realize uh, Colonel Sanders was 72 years of age when he suddenly, things suddenly opened up for him. He believed in what had a, he had a gift, but it took 72 years. You know, he was at retirement age, but that gift was there. See? Ray Kroc was a, 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 a milkshake machine salesman, bored, unhappy, miserable in his marriage, miserable in his life, miserable in his job. What was all? You see, sometimes we, people go to psychologists and get counseling and go to pastors and get counseling when all they need to do is start developing their gift and suddenly that unhappiness that depression will leave and the reason the depression unhappiness is there because I'm doing something I'm not gifted or called or supposed to do and my time's running out and God's saying no 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 you're not supposed to do this and at 52 all of a sudden he got connected with the McDonald brothers and the rest is history and you say yeah but that wasn't God or Christian I'm going to tell you what there was a gift there and if it works for those that are unsaved see some people think why is God blessing that person because they're using their gift the gift is blessing them God's not coming down giving them money they may use their gift in a wrong way but they're using their gift and a gift will always the Bible says will always make a place for you it didn't say if you're good enough. It didn't say if you're Christian enough. It didn't say if you have enough faith. It didn't say if you're pure enough. It said if you'll just use the gift, that gift is going to make room for you. So you start developing, learning. What is that gift? What is that gift? What is that gift? And then you begin to journal and, and then start figuring out how you can utilize it. All right. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, that was good. You know, uh, y'all still need to be some things in there. But you know what? I mean, it's the truth. You know, it's the truth. You know, and uh, God's trying to tell us something. Just...
can't see. Amen. And 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 and, and let allow those gifts, like you're saying. You know, I got I got to talk to Daddy about some things too. You know, because uh, you know my heart's been stirred. You know, and, it, and I tell you, it's, it's just been stirred more today. And I, uh, thank you. <laughs> Very good. Amen. Very good. Amen. Let me go ahead and make these announcements. And uh, um, there's going to be a prayer retreat this Saturday up at Well Springs property. children in the neighborhood maybe they're not in church this is a time to uh not only let god use that gift of just inviting people to church amen we all can do that amen amen father we just thank you for this time we've had father i'm excited in my heart father we just thank you lord for that mercy that mercy endures forever father and father you're merciful because you give us also give us time to 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 walk into all the things that you have for us father even when we stumble and fall father you you're merciful to pick us up and say come on it's not over i got something for you to do i have things for you to have i have places for you to be and i thank you father that we are strengthened father by those things we've heard today Father, as we go, I thank you, Father, that we will do as we've been asked of, Father. Get along with you. And Father, allow those gifts to come forth, Father. Whether it be one or whether it be more than one, Father. We won't dig a hole and hide it, Father, but we'll allow it to come forth to see your
your purpose done. Father, these your children, your disciples. Bless them as they go. Father, keep them safe, Lord God, and prosper what they put their hands to according to your purpose and your plan. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.